Hi everyone. Yeah, sorry for the um, few minutes delay. We were trying to get the um, PowerPoint up and running and it's not working. We also tried to get the video I wanted to use up and running and nothing seems to work. But yeah, um, it's it's after I came to this country that I started using PowerPoint and videos to preach. So I can actually do without them. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Father, we just want to bless you and say thank you. Thank you for another time to, to look intently into your word and thank you because the Bible says that the entrance of your word brings light. We pray that your word will bring light to us this morning. Amen. 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 So we are still in the, um, the slow down team as a church. So I have a topic here that says slow down listen and observe. Slow down, listen and observe. I will start by asking um, a very probably simple question. Uh, But before I ask this question, I I remember I watched uh, a movie where a little boy brought a bottle and inside that bottle, like an ancient kind of bottle, Inside the bottle is what is called a genie. You know what genie is? So the boy popped open the cock and the genie just came out. And the boy asked to the genie, I want to, I've always wanted to ask you a question. So the genie said, yes, ask any question you want to ask, I will answer. The boy asked, what's the chemical component of sulfur? of sulfuric acid. Acid was the chemical composition of sulfuric acid. And the genie said, shut up. I don't answer simple questions. I expect you to ask me a question like, what is the meaning of life? (laughs) All right. So I'm starting with a question. Um, I drafted a question here because I, I did a bit of a research you know, I like research because as the word research goes, you are searching out what others have searched already, have searched out already. So others have done the hard work and you're just trying to pick, pick them. All right. How long does it take to travel from point A to point B? That's a broad question, you know. How long does it take to travel from point A to point B? Now, I'm going to rephrase the question. Um, What are the factors that determine how quickly one can travel from point A to point B? Uh This sounds better, right? The various factors that determine how quickly someone can travel from point A to point B. Anybody want to make an attempt? Distance. Yeah, Yeah. distance, yeah, speed, yeah. 
mode of transport, yeah, because there's difference between someone that's walking and someone that's driving, yeah? The amount of traffic on the road, let's not also just assume it's road transport. <laughs> Money, uh-huh, yeah, that's, that's, I never thought of that, yeah, any, any other person want to think? The weather condition, yeah. Um, I have one, the topography. If it is land, whether it's paved, whether it's bushy, if it is air, whether there's turbulence in the air, if it's sea, whether there is, it's the sea is kind of um, storm in there. And um, another one that we often overlook is a human factor called willingness. Yeah, because if you ask someone to travel from here to Cardiff, for instance, the person could travel from here to Birmingham and spend the next three days unwilling to continue the journey. Then from Birmingham, he would travel to Liverpool and spend another one week not wanting to go to Cardiff. Then from <laughs> So the person could at the end of the travel period, still get to Cardiff, but it would have taken the person a longer period of time. So willingness. So, um, so as I was researching, if we had a PowerPoint, that would have helped. Today, if you are to travel from, to, if you are to travel to London, from Manchester to London, for instance. What's the fastest means of transport we have today for a person to travel from Manchester to London? No, I just the fastest one. There should be just be one. Yeah, aircraft, yeah, aeroplane. Yeah. And how long? Yeah, when I researched Manchester to London, uh, when I researched, it was one hour, five minutes. And Newcastle to London, one hour, 20 minutes. And Edinburgh to London, one hour, 30 minutes, 2019. Then I decided to check the years before 2019. I decided to check 200 years ago, the year 1719. To travel from Manchester to London by the fastest means possible then, which was us, took four days. And from Newcastle to London took six days. Then from Edinburgh to London took ten days. Now, and I came to a conclusion in my research that the faster the speed of travel the less obvious the scenery. But if the speed of travel is slow, the scenery becomes more obvious, giving the traveler time and space to interact with the scenery. So when the travel is slow, the traveler will have the opportunity to enjoy the scenery, the environment, 
be able to interact with the environment if it's slow. Then I now concluded that God wants us from time to time to slow down, listen, and observe what he's doing in and around us. That God wants us from time to time as his children to slow down and listen and observe what he is doing in your life and around you that you've been missing. That you've been missing. And now decided to look at a scripture and as the scripture we'll be um, using for our preach this morning. Um, 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 1 to 27. There's a story there and that's the story of a man called Naaman. N-A-A-N-A-M. Naaman or Naaman. I'll call him Naaman. That's the story of the man. Uh, let's see Second Kings 5, 1 to 27. I will want a fluent, quick reader to read for us, please, if you haven't. It's, it's a story, and um, we're going to be looking at that story in order to explain what we mean by slowing down to listen and observe what God is doing in and around you, which you've been missing. Yeah, no, up to, okay. Um, yeah, you can stop there. I will also read others as I try to explain the story. Now, um, this is what the story is all about. A man called Naaman. Um, he was a general, an army general in the land of Syria. That's one thing we know about him. 
then Naaman is, was a man of authority. Being an army general, he was the commander of all the army of Syria. So that should explain his level, his, um, his level of authority in the land of Syria. So he was not just a soldier or an ordinary civilian. He was the general and the commander of the entire army of Syria. Okay? And there is something the Bible said about Naaman. The Bible said that God gave the people of Naaman victory through Naaman. It's that's in verse 1. He said, and, and because through him, that's Naaman, the Lord had given victory to Aram. Aram is like the capital. He was a valiant soldier. Now, through him, God brought victory to his people time and time again. That means that there's something between him and God. For God to continually use him to bring victory. And Naaman was so victorious in battle and victorious in protecting his people because God was constantly with Naaman, always giving him victory. So Naaman was not someone detached from God. He wasn't someone estranged as far as God is concerned. There was something, a linkage between Naaman and God. For the Lord to continually you know, walk through him to give victory to his people. Okay? Um, being a general, Naaman was used to getting things done the way he wants it done. You know, he could call, this, call a soldier and say, come here, do this. And the soldier will do that. Being a man of authority... He gives command and the people under him will obey. You know, um, the Nigerian army, where I come from, has a motto that says, obey before complain. So when a senior army officer asks you to do something, you must do it before complaining. So you obey before complain. Okay, so he was used to getting things done his own way. Um, and he was also used to getting things as quickly as he wants it. Because he was the general, the one in charge, the one in control. But the Bible also mentioned that Naaman had a problem. And that problem was that he had leprosy. So that was a major problem in his life. Now, I will run through the story and try to explain how Naaman almost missed what God was doing in his life and around him. Almost. Just it's all, he almost missed it because he didn't slow down, listen, and observe. Okay. First of all, the Bible mentioned that there was a maid in the house of Naaman, one of his maid. And the maid said to Naaman's wife, how I wish my master 
will go to Israel. There's a prophet in Israel that can heal him of his leprosy. Now, the girl that said that is, her voice is not among the important voices in the house. She's not a dignitary. She's not like a queen or a princess. She's not even um, the daughter of an army general. She's not among the important people in the society. She was just a maid, just a servant in the house. Now, it, it's, it's easy to overlook such a person when the person is speaking. At times, God uses people that you least expected to speak to you. I remember a few months ago, I was, you know, facing a dilemma, you know, a choice of two things. I wanted to do two jobs because I was leaving the place I was working then and I had two jobs, you know, that I need to make a choice. I had reasons to, you know, pick one. Each two were appealing. There is reasons to pick them. And I kept praying and saying, oh God, this, if I pick this job, this and this and this, and this I, will be, I will be able to accomplish this and this and that. I'm able to get to that point. If I go for the other one, I think I like the pay, uh, but it will take me a longer time to get to where I'm going. So I was like thinking, thinking, thinking. And someone sent me a WhatsApp message. I read the WhatsApp message and uh, I just left it. But I kind of said, hmm, this could be the direction God wants me to go. I don't know it as a then. Then I ended up going the direction, but I forgot about the message. One month into my new employment, I was flipping through my WhatsApp message, and I saw that message. I said, wow. I said, in hindsight... The person that sent the message, God used her to speak to me and direct me. It's Pam that sent the message. Yeah. That God used her to speak to me and direct me. So Naaman was, you know, had a maid, and it's it was so easy to overlook the voice of the maid. And it's so easy not to recognize the voice of God speaking through that maid. But thank God that Naaman listened. The Bible says that Naaman now went to his king because he was the general, he had a king above him and told the king, um, my maid said that there's a prophet in Israel, that's prophet Elisha, who is able to cure me of my leprosy, that he will pray for me and I'll be healed. Then the king said, wow, that's good. Come, I will send you to him. So the king drafted a letter, not to Elisha, but to the king of Israel. He drafted a letter. I gave it to Naaman, the the general, and said, take this letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman took a lot of his soldiers, carried gifts, you know, very gold, silver, a lot of gifts, and came to the king of Israel. 
and gave the letter from his king to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel read the letter. Let's see what the king of Israel said. Verse 7. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robe and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow, referring to his co-king, his fellow king of um, Syria, why does this fellow, um, sorry, Mr. Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. So the king of Israel, when he read the letter from the king of Syria, that Naaman, the general, brought to him, after reading the letter, asking him, the king, to cure Naaman of his leprosy, the king tore his robe in grief and said, look at how this man, the king of Syria, is looking for trouble. How is he asking me to heal Naaman of his leprosy? Am I in the place of God? Do I have the power to do that? Now, you see, now Naaman should have known better that the person that the maid said said will heal him of the leprosy was not the king of Israel, but was prophet Elisha. Yet, Naaman took the letter and all the gifts and the gold and the silver and traveled all the way from Syria to Israel to meet the king for the king of Israel to heal him. But he should have known better. He needed to slow down and get to know the direction God is leading him. The direction to God wants him to go in order to get his miracle. He needed to slow down. But look at he was going the other direction. You know, at times, um, at times when you go shopping, um, you get a trolley, this trolley that the tire is bent, it's, it's, it's like a nightmare. You're pushing the trolley and it's going the other direction. You all, the rest of your shopping, you, you, you keep putting in effort to, to make the trolley travel in a straight line. No. So look at Naaman. That's how he was moving in another, in another direction. Okay? So when that happened, news came to Elisha that the king of Israel tore his robe in grief, expecting trouble, because if he's not able to heal Naaman, that could spark a war between Israel and Syria. So when Elisha heard of it, the Bible says, I read, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robe, he sent, his message, he sent him this message, why have you torn your robe? Have the man come to me, have the man, have, that is um, Naaman, come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So that was the message from prophet Elisha to the king of Israel. Bring Naaman to me. You don't need to tear your robe and think that king of Syria is looking for trouble. Bring Naaman to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. Okay? All right. And Naaman, uh, Bible says that, let me read, read down. So Naaman went with his horses and his chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's 
house. So he now traveled, Nehemiah traveled all the way from the king's palace, the, king, the palace of the king of Israel, with all his dignitaries and all the gifts and everything he was carrying to the house of prophet Elisha and stopped at the door. Okay? Elisha then sent a messenger. Elisha did not bother stepping out of his house. He was still indoors. He sent one of his messengers and said, and told um, Naaman, go and wash yourself seven times in Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. So Elisha didn't even come out of the house. He didn't step out of the house to see Naaman. He sent someone to him and said, go to River Jordan. This is what you do. When you get to Jordan, you run and run and run and you jump. And you come out the first one. Second time you run and run and run and he has to do that seven times. And when he does it the seventh time, he will be cleansed of his leprosy. You know, it's it's sounds disgraceful because Naaman the general will have to be jumping in with the kids, all the little little kids jumping into the river. And all he's just imagine all the dignitaries that came with Naaman, his co-generals, his army high-ranking army officers, and some of the ministers from the land of Syria, and all you know a great number of dignitaries will have to escort Naaman all the way to River Jordan. And Neymar will have to undress, maybe have only his pants on, and everybody will be watching Neymar. And the kids are busy jumping in the river, and Neymar will have to, in front of everyone, have to run. <laughs> you know, it's the Bible say that, verse eleven. But Neymar went away angry. Immediately he had the message from Elisha and what Elisha wanted him to do. The Bible said that Naaman went away angry. And he said, this is what Naaman said. I thought that he would, that Elisha, would surely come out to me. At least as a mark of respect and honor. Elisha should step out of his house and come to me. Because I was already in front of Elisha's house. I thought Elisha will, uh, he said, I thought he would surely come out to me. And stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spots where I had the leprosy and cure me of my leprosy. So that was the way, the usual way it's done. When the man of God, Elisha, wants to heal, he steps out, he calls upon the Lord, he sings, he waves his hand, and miracle will happen. So, now, you could see that Naaman almost at that point missed the mode of, how do I put it, the, the pattern God wanted to bring about his healing. Because he has always, like, you know, once someone is on autopilot, you know that's the way things should be done. It should happen this way. It must happen that way because that's how it's always been happening. But at times, God does not operate the same way all the time. God wanted to do something different. 
God wanted him to learn something different from that encounter. He needed to slow down. He needed to listen, observe, and do what God asked him to do. All right. So this is what Naaman said. He said, and not, Naaman was not comparing the river, the river Jordan that, is, that wasn't too wonderful to the river in his land. He said, and not Abana and Papha, the rivers of, of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. First of all, Nehemiah, I mean, Elisha refused to come out to see him, pray to God, wave his hands and do the miracle. Instead, Elisha sent a servant to him, asking him to go to River Jordan and jump into the River Jordan seven times. Nehemiah became angry and he turned. You know, it's, it's difficult to, to advise a high-ranking officer because he's like the top authority there. You know, he turned around in a rage and decided to go home. Look at Naaman almost missing out what God was about to do in his life and around him. So, what happened? Thank God for some of his servants. Verse 13, Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, some of his servants, Went to Nehemiah and said, if the prophet had told you to do something great or something difficult, you'd ha- you would have done it. How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed. So his servant, some of his servants called him by the side and said, General, you are walking away in a rage. You are angry. You want to go home? What if the prophet had asked you to do something much, much more difficult? You would have done it. But he just asks you to wash and be cleansed. Thank God that Naaman listened to his servants. You know, God was also speaking through his servants. The way God spoke through um, the maid. God spoke through Elisha. God is speaking through his servant. He needed to slow down. Nehemiah was a man of action. He was always getting things done the way he wants it done. He was always, you know, when he commands, people do what he does. He needed to slow down. Even though he was a man that God had used to bring victory from time to time, he needed to learn to slow down and listen and observe and go forward and do what God wants him to do. So the Bible says that then Naaman and all his attendants went back. Sorry, um, sorry, I move forward. Naaman's servant said to him, "My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, something difficult, you would have done it. How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed?" And he, that is Naaman, went down and dipped himself in Jordan river seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean clean like that of a young boy you know he now said okay he's going to do that he's going to obey he's going to listen and do what he's asked to do 
he walked off and they all went to River Jordan. And Naaman had to jump into the River Jordan seven times, you know, while everybody was looking at him, you know. And when he, he could have stopped after the first or the second attempt or the third or the fourth attempt, but he continued and continued. And on the seventh one, the Bible said that his body was cleansed and he became um, clean. Now, there's a video I wanted us to play, but it's very important. I'm going to play it using my phone, sorry. Sorry. It's very important to me that we listen to this. My phone, we have to do it. Now, I want you to listen. It's music, but I want you to listen. In the midst of my confusion In the time of desperate need When I am thinking not too clearly gentle voice does intercede slow
I'm going to put this song in our WhatsApp um, group so that you can enjoy it more and more. Now, God wants us from time to time to, to slow down and observe that he is at work in your life. That he is at work in your life. That he is at work in your family. It doesn't matter what is happening, how difficult things are, the challenges you are going through. God wants you to slow down and, and observe what he's doing. He's at work in your life and in your family. He's at work in our midst here in this church, in King's Church as a whole. God is at work in his church all over the world. He's at work. And God is at work in this world. The Bible says, God says in the Bible, I know the plans I have for you, the plan of good and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. The Bible also says that it is God that is at work in you, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. The Bible says that blessed will you be in the city, blessed will you be in the country, Blessed will you be when you rise up and blessed will you be when you lie down. Blessed will be the fruit of your labor. That's what God is saying to you. The Bible also says that by, this, by, the, by his stripes you have been made whole. God is at work in you. The Bible also says that you shall not be afraid of the pestilence that fly by day or the destructions that lay waste at night. The Bible says that a thousand shall fall on your left and ten thousand fall on your right, but it will not come near you. The Bible says that you shall tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. God is at work in and around you. So the question is, are you so busy or are you busier than you ought to be? You know, are you busier than you ought to be? Wouldn't you fancy, wouldn't you fancy slowing down? And look and observe and see that God is at work in your life and in your family, in and around you. I'll conclude by reading the words of our Lord Jesus in Mark chapter 6 verse 31. He says, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Jesus and his disciples. He said to them, Jesus said to his disciple, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. Amen. 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 Okay, um, we have our song.
I want you to listen and and be blessed. And after the song, that's how we we round off. Amen. Yes, Lord, we bless you. We bless you, Father. Amen.